I'm Heidi Harris. Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can subscribe at iTunes. You can also find them at HeidiHarris.com and all my other social medias there. Also, I do a live show in Las Vegas weekdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at 670 a.m. KMZQ. And the link for that show, if you'd like to listen live, is at HeidiHarris.com also. Well, a pretty historic week. Donald Trump got to sit down with the leader of North Korea. Now, I know a lot of people don't want him to have any kind of acknowledgement on the world stage, but the bottom line is he's kind of a big factor in the Korean Peninsula. What does Ralph Peters, military analyst who was on Fox News for many years, what does he have to say about this? Because Ralph is kind of an expert in this area, was an intel officer for many, many years. And the left, of course, is upset because they say that North Korea hasn't really given us any kind of guarantee about anything. And the right's going, well, at least he's at the table. And that's what I was thinking. At least he's at the table, right? Isn't it better to at least be able to see somebody face to face and try to make some headway? Ralph Peters, welcome back to the Heidi Harris Show. How are you? I'm fine. Heidi, it's always good when I'm talking with you. Yes, I saw you on that with Anderson Cooper the other day. How'd that go? Do you like working with him on occasion? Well, it's really a matter of topics uh, more than the host. But Anderson Cooper was very gracious, and um, I'd never worked with him before. He let me have my say, and uh, really, as a, as a guest, that's all you can can ask. But Heidi, before we get into Singapore or anything else, I really have to compliment you on your new book. Aww. Honestly, don't pat me on the head. Great title. But the book, I mean, it wasn't, I found it engaging because it wasn't just your story. It was really about behind the scenes and talk radio uh, with the, the pluses and minuses. And so as long as I've worked in the media, I still learned a lot from your book, so I wish you the best of luck with it. Oh, that is so kind, and you've won multiple awards for your historical fiction, and so yeah, you sent me an email, you mentioned how much you liked the book, and I thought, wow, what a compliment, especially coming from you. You've written so many books. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Ralph. All right. Good luck. That's very sweet. I appreciate it. So let's talk about Singapore, and we'll, we'll get to Russia and the possible GA. We'll get to that coming up, but Singapore, I mean, what do you think? At least he's got him at the table, right? Oh, uh, this was a disaster. Trump lost. He lost in a shutout. Um, what Kim got was recognition as the equal of the United, president of the United States on the world stage. Great publicity, a great diplomatic coup, but also when spontaneously President Trump said, we're not going to have any more military exercises, and he actually used the, the preferred North Korean term, war games, yes. uh, with South Korea. It, it, it stunned me, because Look, President Trump never served in the military. He doesn't know anything about it. He hasn't studied it as president. Those military exercises are absolutely essential to deter North Korea, to make sure we're ready should North Korea attack the South. And what did Trump get in return? Absolutely nothing. He got a piece of paper with non-binding, a non-binding piece of paper. It's not a treaty. Uh, with vague promises that North Korea will denuclearize. Now China is already moving, already moving to uh, ease some of the sanctions on North Korea. So, look, this was North Korea 10, Trump 0. That's interesting to me because I've seen some different different analysis. There was one particular thing I read in a, a, a more of a left-wing site where they were saying that, that Kim now appreciates the spotlight. And because he appreciates the spotlight, he being considered a world leader like some of these other people, that possibly this could have an effect on him. So you think this is not going to affect anything that goes on with North Korea? That he's just, We know he's a liar. We know that. But you don't think it's going to help us in any way? Well, that's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to say that. 
is, as you just pointed out, you know, we don't know what's in Kim's mind. He may want to come back to the world stage, but he's also got to, as powerful as he is as an individual, he's got to keep the top generals happy. And, and that's his real constituency. And the, they don't want to give up the nukes. Now, every American, every decent American, should wish the president well and hope that we can find a peaceful solution that North Korea will denuclearize. That's, obviously, that's the best for everybody. Right. But based upon President Trump's performance in Singapore, and that's what it was, a performance, uh, we made no progress. We lost ground. Uh, Kim Jong-un gained ground. And it, to me, as someone who's watched this stuff for 50 years, there's, there's no question about it. I mean, we got beat. Well, he was talking about, uh, we're speaking with Ralph Peters, military analyst. Trump was talking this morning in this press conference about the war games, as you mentioned. He used that term. And he was talking about how far they had to fly some of these bombers in. Oh, my gosh, from Guam. And he sounded like he really wasn't sure where Guam was. And then it was six hours, and they had to fly these in, and it cost a lot of money. And I know a lot about planes. And I thought, well, okay, maybe it costs a lot of money, but you still have to do these kind of things because that's the kind of situation that keeps, as you mentioned, North Korea on notice. Well, Military exercises are a lot cheaper than war. Yes. And, and if we're not prepared for war, our enemies will know it. You can't keep that kind of thing a secret these days. Our planes can't just sit on the ground. Planes have to fly. Crews have to be trained. So if they're not flying to South Korea for exercises, they ought to fly somewhere else. I mean, the military has to keep its edge, and you keep its edge by training, training, training. In South Korea, should the North ever attack... We have to work as seamlessly as possible with the South Koreans. And even though the command language is English, there are many language barriers. Uh, there are some cultural barriers. Um, it, it's important that commanders, right down to battalion, even company level, uh, especially you know, battalion and brigade level, tr- know each other and trust each other. So uh, these military exercises aren't just going out for target practice. It's really operating the communications, the intelligence, the movement, getting our troops used to the environment, and the troops are coming especially for the exercise. And so these are incredibly important. And I, 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 I suspect that um, Secretary of Defense Mattis was utterly blindsided by this. Yeah, that was my next question to you, is what would, what would Mattis have said about this and Mike Pompeo? They must have been shocked that he took this stance. I would think so, and certainly Mattis... Would, would, would have lobbied very, very hard against this. But again, President Trump just doesn't understand. He doesn't understand how world trade works. He doesn't understand how our military works. He doesn't understand how alliances work, and they're very, very valuable. So whatever your listeners may think about his domestic programs, and some are better than others, nonetheless, on the world stage, Heidi, there's something fundamentally wrong when we're – when, when our president is insulting the prime minister of Canada and embracing the dictator of North Korea. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Now, let's get to talk to Putin, about Putin for a second. Obviously, uh, you and I have talked in the past about the fact that Donald Trump has never really insulted Putin, never really says much about him at all. Now he wants him to be part of the, what we go back to being the G8. And I know how you feel about that, but please explain. Well, this, this blindsided our allies. Our allies have been holding the line with sanctions against Russia. Now, just to remind people, those sanctions were imposed on Russia because Russia invaded a, a neighbor. It seized Crimea, 
then from Ukraine, then it invaded eastern Ukraine. Uh, you, you can't do that. You can't just invade your neighbors and get away with it. Since then, um, Putin has been engaged in further assassinations of journalists, in election rigging. He certainly has attacked our election system. I mean, every intelligence agency, and even the administration admits that Russia interfered in our election. Um, why on earth would we want to reward Russia when it keeps, I mean, it just recently it, it, it used nerve, gas, nerve agent uh, to attack uh, a retired Russian agent and his daughter in, in London. Putin feels invulnerable. He interfered in Italy's election. Uh, he interfered in the Hungarian election. He interfered and failed to affect the German election. He interfered in the Austrian election. Vladimir Putin is this, uh, attacking the Western world. He's attacking this democracy. He's undermining our alliances. And from naivety or whatever other reason, President Trump is his best ally right now. Interesting. Does, does he just not get it? Or I know you've been suspicious for a long time that Putin has something on him. If that's true, why can't Mueller find it? Why have these people been searching and, and investigating for almost two years this Trump situation? Well, well, Mueller has found a great deal. You've got over 20 indictments so far and many more to come. But Mueller, this kind of investigation goes very slowly because Mueller can't be 99 percent right. He's got to get it 100 percent right, and he knows that. And so he's not talking. We don't know what he knows. But I do know Russian intelligence. And here's the thing. For instance, the claims that there are incriminating tapes on Trump. We may never know the truth of that because if they exist, they are locked in a Russian vault, and we're not going to be able to get in there and steal them. This is not, you know, uh, a Jason Bourne movie or something. And the Russians aren't going to give them up, uh, at least not while Trump's president, because as soon as the tapes were revealed, then they lose their blackmail value. Now, when I look at it as somebody, and I've worked very closely, literally across the table with Russian intelligence in the back streets of Moscow, I, I do know those guys pretty well. I know how they operate. And Putin is not a typical Russian intelligence agent. He's much brighter and much bolder, much more of a risk taker. In general, Russian intelligence, the FSB, Federal Um those guys are bureaucrats, and they're talented bureaucrats. But what they do with foreigners that pass through Moscow or St. Petersburg or Yekaterinburg, they surveil anybody, not anybody who's important, but anybody who might be important. Right. So what they do, they buy, essentially buy a lot of lottery tickets. If you've been to Moscow on a business trip or um, and you, uh, and you as a radio personality, if you went, there would be photographs of everything you did in your hotel room. Uh, um, if there's anything you're vulnerable about financially, personally, uh, your, your personal predilections, they will dig and try to find it out, and they will try to ambush you. And President Trump, before he was president, Donald Trump was a perfect target. He had an intermittent financial crisis. He had a sense of sexual entitlement and no self-control. He's impulsive. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's a dream target. Russian intelligence. Now, I do not believe for a minute that uh, seven or eight or nine years ago, Russian intelligence singled Trump out and said, we can make him president. That's not the point. What they were doing, they were getting files and dossiers and evidence on anybody, everybody that came through, hoping something would take, hoping somebody someday would be in a position of power. Trump also would have been attracted because of his media presence. 
and because with his web of corporations, it's potential, potentially Russians could use that in his real estate for money laundering. So he was already a, an interesting target. But then when Trump decides to run for president, uh, given Putin's visceral hatred of Hillary Clinton, the Russians threw their weight behind him. Uh, but it doesn't mean the Russians had a great master plan all along. They hit the lottery. Interesting. Very interesting. With Roth Peters, military analyst. Yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? That if they have something on him, like you said, it's in some kind of a safe and we're never going to find out about it. But yeah. Trump will well, know about it. That's the important thing. Trump will know if he misbehaved with somebody named Svetlana in Russia many years ago and they've got yeah. it on tape. Well, you know, Heidi, though, the thing is, we all, any decent American should want the president to be proven innocent. Of course. But when you look at, the, at an intelligence officer, you look at patterns. And when I look at the fact that he will never criticize Vladimir Putin right. never criticizes Putin directly. He's attacked virtually all of our allies, and viciously, but he will never attack Putin. He slow rolls the sanctions. He wants Russia back in the, in the G7 to make it the G8 again. Uh, he's re, he has refused to take decisive action against, punitive action against Russia for interfering in our election. Uh, look at the number of his campaign advisors who are now under indictment for ties to Russia, direct and indirect. Um, I got to tell you, maybe there's no fire there, but there is a lot of smoke. Yeah, they certainly found it so far. We'll see what else they come up with, if anything. But, you know, it is concerning. And like I said, I don't know about any kind of tapes they may have on him, and I certainly don't have your knowledge no, no, about no, it. No. But, but, you, but you look at the fact that he is absolutely in capable of criticizing Putin when he criticizes everyone else. And I find that fascinating. Well, he behaves as though he is afraid of Vladimir Putin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a scary thing. Ralph Peters, always great to talk to you. Thank you for the kind words about my book. That was fantastic. Oh, great book, Heidi. And you've got another one coming out this fall, don't you? No, it's going to be next year. Okay. Uh, a book called Darkness of Chancellorsville about the Civil War. But uh, we can talk when that comes out. I'll make sure you get a copy. We will. You know, and your historical fiction is fantastic. I know you write a lot about the Civil War and various things, and you've won a lot of awards for your books, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, they're, they're excellent. I love them. I love history, so I love your books. Well, thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Ralph. Always great to talk to you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Now, a couple hours after my chat with Ralph, before I was able to post it on the podcast, it came out that General Mattis was fully aware of what Donald Trump was going to say, so that's a little minor detail. But, you know, Ralph's been suspicious about Putin and Trump's connection to him for a very, very long time, and I think he makes some very good points. I've known Ralph for 15 years. He was an intel guy, and so that's why I have him on to talk about this, and I know a lot of people get irritated because he's not a Trump sycophant, but he's not necessarily somebody who loved Obama either. So it's not like he's just hates Trump. He loved Obama. No, not at all. He's looking at the bigger picture. Anyway, always great to get a perspective from an expert. Join me for my weekday show at 6.70 a.m. KMZQ, weekdays 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. in Las Vegas. And you can find a link to listen live to that at HeidiHarris.com. You can also find more podcasts at HeidiHarris.com, blog posts, etc. And of course, you can pick up a copy of my book. The link's there at HeidiHarris.com. The new book is called Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. Until we meet again, remember, no matter what happens on the Korean Peninsula, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Well.